murder, divorce, drugs. Our courts are full of stories, scary, sad, and hilarious. Most are tales stranger than fiction. These are true law stories, brought to you by VideoCaseStory.com, the ultimate resource for customer and client video stories. All right, on this True Law Stories, we are going to talk about getting a fresh start. If you're facing a ton of bills and you're facing a ton of debt, it can be scary, but bankruptcy is not this bad thing. And I've got a lot of positive outcomes with my guest today, Josh Tejas. Josh, say hi. Hello. How are you doing today? Awesome. Awesome. And we're going to talk about, you know, how to decide when it's the right time for bankruptcy you know, how a lot of people are stuck in inflation, the biggest misconceptions of bankruptcy, and how a couple of his clients have done really well, increased their income after, even during bankruptcy, bought houses during bankruptcy, and how one of his clients went from making $50,000 to $500,000 during the bankruptcy. All this on true law stories. But before we get started, of course, this is brought to you by videocasestory.com. One of the best ways to grow your business is through your client stories. Go to videocasestory.com where we can help you collect, craft, and deliver them on places like YouTube. All right, let's get started. Yeah, I think you're my, actually my first bankruptcy attorney I've had on this show. And and usually we talk about the horror stories or the crazy stories of law. But I think talking about the positive st- stories because bankruptcy is like a reset button, isn't it? Yeah, it's a reset button. It's a fresh start. The idea is that you can hit the button and get some protection from your creditors and move on from there and improve your life through the process. I think everyone thinks of the bankruptcy as this stigma, and mm-hmm. it really shouldn't be. It's just, hey, I, you, we all make mistakes. I've made a few mistakes in my life. I don't know about you. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and sometimes the mistakes get pretty bad. But let's talk a little bit about your background. How did you get into bankruptcy law? Well, originally I wanted to go into real estate law, but in 2008, that wasn't going well for real estate attorneys. <laughs> and the uh, the firm that I joined, my boss was doing real estate and he was transitioning to bankruptcy law. And so he taught me how to do bankruptcies, the nuts and bolts about it. And as I got into it and started learning the process, I really liked it. It really helps clients. They get they get a fresh start. And if a person's going to hire an attorney that couple thousand dollars to file a bankruptcy and wipe out a hundred grand in debt is, I feel like I'm earning my fee, you know, helping my clients. That's great. It, it's great. Yeah. Cause it, it's, it's one of those things that you think, like we said at the top of the show, you think it's this bad thing and you're going to, but of all the types of law, like divorce, which sucks. <laughs> exactly. It, and you help, criminal defense attorneys help criminal defense, but it's most of the time, it's not the best thing in the world afterwards, but right. it's really a new fresh start. And you know what, when someone's deciding to do this and deciding mm-hmm. to do bankruptcy, what's, what are the deciding factors that you think they should think about before entering into bankruptcy? I think factors, they should think about how much debt they have. Can they pay it back? Most people just refuse. They refuse to file. They're not going to file. The bankruptcy is a bad word. Now they want to go there. But I look at if someone's unsecured debt is about half of their gross income, that's when the numbers, the math just stops working, no matter how much you're making, that you just can't pay the bills and live at the same time if you have that much interest accruing on unsecured debts. A lot of people, though, they file, they decide to file bankruptcy when they get sued. They, most people bury their head in the sand until the lawsuits start coming. And then that's when they say, okay, this is getting real. And that's when they'll reach out to an attorney. Interesting. And where, when they're going through that process and they're thinking mm-hmm. about it, what, when should they be? Like, is it, what's that trigger point? Is it like you look, you said unsecured debt. How do I know that what's that threshold? What does that look right. like to me? 
on a daily basis? Yeah, I think the best time is when they realize you can't pay all the bills. So when whatever happens, whether it's they lost a job or got a divorce or even something just like inflation, that inflation is killing people. I talk to people every day and it's like they're in a vice. <laughs> all the expenses are going up. And if a person realizes they're not going to have the money to pay all of their, buy food, pay all the utilities and pay all the creditors, that's when they really need to start thinking about a bankruptcy. Because if a person defaults on a, a creditor's payment on a debt, the, especially a credit card, the interest rate will go from 18 or 20% up to 33%. And that's, wow. and then that can start a stair step or like a snowball effect where American Express sees that Capital One raise, raise their default rate. And so they'll just default because they're allowed to. And then that can, so then all the bills can go up and that, that will trigger bankruptcy typically. Wow. That's pretty yeah. scary. And then a lawsuit and it's mm-hmm. overwhelming. At that point, what are people's biggest misconceptions about the bankruptcy process? A lot of people think that if they file a bankruptcy, they're going to lose their house or their car. And a lot of people think they'll lose their house. In Florida, we have an unlimited homestead exemption as long as you've had your house for a couple of years. So most people, as long as they make their house payment, they're going to keep their house, but they don't think they will. And so a lot of them, even when I'm, even when they're getting sued, some of them will just say, no, I don't want to talk about a bankruptcy because I don't want to lose my house. And they don't want to hear about, no, you're not going to. They, okay, <laughs> we'll talk about a lawsuit. But uh, I think that's the biggest misconception about bankruptcy. And- and I want to tell a little bit about the stories because you've there's a lot of success stories on the other side of it, right? That you've helped people. Tell me a few of them. Yeah. Yeah. So I've had clients where they're they're calling in because they're getting garnished. They not only lost the lawsuit, they did you know, uh, they the creditor got a rid of garnishment, allowing the creditor to start taking their money out of their paychecks. And they'll come in, we file a bankruptcy, the garnishment stopped immediately. And then they go through the process and then they're shocked when they get a letter from the creditor that was taking their bunch of their paycheck and it was dismissed just voluntarily. They didn't do anything just because of the bankruptcy. And and then they get out and I some thank yous and give good reviews and stuff because it's like a breath of fresh air when they get that order saying, okay, that's are gone. You move on and you go from there. Uh, yeah. And how have, how, can you give me a couple of examples of people's lives that have been transformed with that a breath of fresh air? Yeah. So, I mean, there's also in chapter 13 bankruptcy, which is a payment plan. A lot of people, they saved their house. I had one client, they, it was, it was really sad because he had lost his job and then he became disabled. We became disabled. So he lost his job and he's on social security disability. They couldn't afford their house. We went through a process that the bank was foreclosing. We went through a process to try to modify the mortgage through, through the bankruptcy and the bank said no, but then later on, for some reason, the bank just forgave the lien. They just released the lien on their house, so they got a free house. <laughs> wow. That wasn't because of the bankruptcy. That was because the bank had said no, and then later, my clients kept working with them. And after the bankruptcy, the bank just forgave the lien. So that was amazing. <laughs> wow, that's clients, amazing. Yeah, I've also had clients that just, they had bad debt. They have $150,000 in debt, and they make good money, but they have so many credit cards, no bank was going to give them a mortgage. File a bankruptcy, as long as they're in the Chapter 13 bankruptcy for about a year, there's a lot of banks, especially VA, if the person was in the military, they'll give a loan on a mortgage. So sometimes people go into bankruptcy to buy a house because they wouldn't be able to buy a house any other or for a long time any other way. And that's amazing. So after a year, someone can buy a house after a bankruptcy? During the bankruptcy. So a Chapter 13 yep. is a five-year payment plan. People go in there and then they make their payments to a trustee who's acting like a payment processing center. And then what will happen is they use the trustee's record showing they made the payments on time. So when they're applying for the loan, the underwriters for the bank, they'll use that as the house, quote unquote, house payment. And and not all, but I've had it happen three or four times 
where the creditors were, where the, my clients were able to show they had good income, they're able to make these payments on time, and they got, they bought a house. And you also have people that have started making more money after bankruptcy too, right? Yeah, uh, yeah. The first time that happened, it, it amazed me where they go into a bankruptcy. This is also a chapter 13 because it's over a long time. They go in, they're making, the first guy, he made $50,000. And year over year, he made, he kept making money. So by at the end, he, he was making by 120, 130,000. His plan payment never went up the whole time. The rest, he just called it a cost of living raise. I had another client that she started a business. So she was making fifty, sixty thousand $60,000. She was a nurse, started her own business. And she's making $500,000 at the end of the day. They were, in that, she's still in the bankruptcy and she just chooses not to pay it off because she's not paying these creditors any interest. So she might as well just hold on to all that extra cash and use it to grow her business while she finishes up her case. Wow. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. And the, everyone's got this idea that there's a stigma after bankruptcy. What are the negative effects? Just your credit's negative, right? It doesn't, you don't get kicked out of your community or <laughs> yeah, so bankruptcy. It'll, it'll, bankruptcy will hurt credit score for a little bit, but people think they'll never be able to buy something again. When in reality, bankruptcy makes your credit do more like a check mark. It hit, the day you file, it hurts it. But then the bankruptcy is going to make everyone else who is saying late, late, late. Just say close discharge and bankruptcy or stop reporting altogether. And so that naturally will just spike this credit score initially. So most people come out of the bankruptcy with better credit than they went into the bankruptcy. Negative effects, that's probably the biggest negative effect for that everybody goes through. Other one is more situational. So if someone has a lot of assets or a lot of income, they might not want to go into a bankruptcy. But oftentimes, even then, sometimes people choose. I have clients making several hundred thousand a year. They choose to go into a bankruptcy and pay that, even if they're going to pay their creditors in full, because they'd rather have peace of mind. They want to focus on improving their life, making more money, not dealing with this creditor and this creditor or this lawsuit and then the next lawsuit and going from there. And that peace of mind is valuable, I think. That's amazingly valuable. Yeah. yeah especially if you're a business owner, you have right. all this debt over your head, and all of a sudden now you can just focus on your business like that right. one woman did. That's what she did. And That's what she did. Yeah. Yeah. And it transforms your life, and you're helping people sleep better at night. That's amazing. And so just on a side note, you also do estate planning. <laughs> yeah. Both ends of the spectrum. The full, yeah, both ends of the spectrum. <laughs> and how does that work? How does bank, estate planning and bankruptcy work? Does it, do they work together or is it just two separate things that you're doing? They're two separate things for the most part, although I was telling you before the show, I'm also getting into Medicaid planning. And those, I think, do work together because you have an elderly person who's clipping along, they're doing fine, or maybe their health is going starting to waver and they might need a bankruptcy to clean, clean up their creditors, but then at the same time, they need to think about maybe doing some state planning or Medicaid planning in order to make sure they don't have too much assets so that if they need Medicaid later on down the road, they're not just throwing all of their assets or all their cash and assets at Medicaid in order to qualify for that. Yeah. It's so few people think at all about long-term care planning and we're all like striving to live longer. But even if you have a big retirement fund, that can just get wiped out by healthcare when you're yeah. over Canada. I have a client right now. I think she's paying twelve thousand dollars a month for her for the long term care. And yes, she had a hundred thousand dollars in the bank from her husband passing away, life insurance proceeds. But that's not even a year. That's not even a year. <laughs> and the money's gone. Yep. Oh my god, that's horrible. Yeah. yeah, and also if you get to that point, you're really not of the wherewithal to figure all this stuff out, are you? Exactly. And in order to do planning well, 
the best planning, you need, there's a five-year look back periods. So if the best planning, you, you preferably be able to create trusts and do transfers and then wait five years so that there's no penalties when they apply for Medicaid later on. Wow. That's just a lot of work. So obviously you're here in Orlando. Where are the people you work with? Are they all around the States? Because I know bankruptcy, you can pretty much work with anyone in the States. Tell me about the people you work with and how to work with you. Most of my clients are in Central Florida and in, in just the areas around Central Florida, also Polk County. I do a little bit of work out in Tampa as well, but mostly the Orlando area. And a lot of them will just find my website and shoot us a message and then we'll follow up with them and see what we can do to help. Awesome. And we'll put a link to the website, uh, of course, in the show notes. But obviously, if, you people are, if you're having these financial problems out there, right. think about this. It's not this horrible end-all, be-all in right. fact, a lot of businesses use this and people use this as a regular tool. <laughs> there's, right. uh, there's certain politicians we know that have been bankrupt several times. <laughs> <laughs> they see that as a tool in their tool value. Exactly. And they're not doing too bad for themselves. But right. Josh, thank you so much for being on True Law Stories. I really appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for having me. And thank you for taking Josh and I on your journey. It's been Ian Garlic and True Law Stories. And don't forget to go check out it's tejaslaw.com. And we'll put a link to that in the show notes. All right. Thank you all. True Law Stories has been brought to you by VideoCaseStory.com. Testimonials stink. No one wants to watch a testimonial or read a case study. You need Video Case Stories for your business. Go to VideoCaseStory.com to learn more.